Hey, I wish I'd known that followers and, and listeners. It's uh, Joey. I've got Jack here with me. I it's am a, here. He's here. Um, here I am. <laughs> you know, we, we recognize, you know, the last episode we recorded, we really recorded middle of March, right before uh, coronavirus and a lot of the more uh, stringent lockdown places got into place. And so since then, we haven't really recorded. We haven't really had an opportunity to get on here. We're kind of figuring out what our next steps are. We do plan to continue with our monthly content. We've got some really interesting stuff that we're pretty thrilled to bring to you that I think is is definitely going to apply to the situation we're all living through and dealing with and sort of coping through right now. You know, truthfully, this is a, it's a strange time to be podcasting. It's a strange time to be working. It's a strange time to be a parent. It's a strange time to do just about anything. Uh, but we're committed. To, you agree? Times are strange. Times are so strange. You know, what you, <laughs> what, you, what you don't think about the apocalypse is you picture it being like Mad Max, assless chaps, flamethrower apocalypse. And really, it's just like sad bureaucracy and supply chain. Oh, I can't get turkey today kind of apocalypse, mm. um, which is weird, but, 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 oddly, but oddly predictable. Um, but yeah, I mean, we, <laughs> we, we want to use this time frame to kind of bring you some interesting content, maybe some show shorts, maybe some sort of things of how it's going with us and, and bring you some guests that uh, we may not otherwise have had access to because we're all kind of reevaluating things and seeing as we go right now. So Jack and I recorded something for you. We're going to play it for you now. We hope you enjoy it. We're glad you're here with us. We hope you're staying healthy. And, uh, you know, we're going to continue to put this out as long as we're at home. And when we get back to our normal lives, we're going to continue to bring you interesting quality content from interesting quality people. Be safe and be healthy. Godspeed, gentlemen. Welcome to I Wish I'd Known That, a show where our goal is to learn how to beat the curve and set ourselves up for success, working to avoid the phrase, I wish I'd known that. To do that, we sit down with professionals, entrepreneurs, and all-around interesting people to learn about the paths they've walked, how they found success in their industries, and where they've failed along the way. I'm Jack O'Connor, joined as usual by my co-host, Joey Gartner. Remotely, but as yeah. usual. We're all together as much as we can be, I suppose, over Zoom. <laughs> yeah. uh, and today, our guest is Mike Morris, a PE teacher at Baskerville Elementary School and Red Oak Elementary School in Rocky Mountain, North Carolina. And Mike is also uh, an open national trainer. Um, and I think we're going to dig into that a little bit. But uh, Mike, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you guys? Good. Good, good. Everything, uh, everything going well being at home? Yeah, everything's going well. <laughs> good, 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 good. I'm finding that... For me, at least, the hours of the day go by like really busy for the slots of time where I have something to do. And then it's like, oh, now I got nothing to do for two hours and I'm staring at a wall. So it's kind of like time moves differently, I'm noticing. (laughs) So, Mike, welcome to the show. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, I'm thrilled to have you. So uh, I'll give a little bit of intro into how how Mike and I got connected. Uh, You know, uh, when uh, my son, my older son, when we went switched to e-learning and schools kind of shut down, that happened for us probably about three weeks ago or a month ago over here in Illinois. Uh, we got a packet of materials sent to us. It was a spreadsheet with links to click. And the whole goal for my son's PE teacher was 
find some things that'll get your kids up and moving, keep them active, find something throughout the day. And on there was something called the Mike Morris challenge, which I didn't know anything about. And we clicked and it uh, became a, a kind of the staple of how we do PE at home now. So Mike, can you tell us a little bit about what the Mike Morris challenge is? Um, well, <laughs> it's pretty much a challenge that I provide for my students each day. Um, I usually take it, take something that they have in their house that they can be physically active with or work on a skill. And um, they usually have one minute to see if they can successfully complete the challenge. So, Can you give us some examples of the kind of uh, household items you've been able to come up with some challenges with? Um, I've come up with uh, challenges for using sock balls to toss into laundry baskets, um, flipping water bottles, um, completing exercises to music, making homemade frisbees, um, using shoebox as shoeboxes as skates and exercise materials, um, using canned foods to work out. How does um, the shoebox one work? I haven't I haven't watched that one yet. <laughs> um, so I just posted that one today. You cut the lids off your shoeboxes. You step in using your feet and you slide down to the line that's ten feet away to score a point. And how many times can you slide to each line in one minute? Okay. Okay. And Mike, I should say that you do all of these, uh, all of your challenges are shot in your house, right? Yes. In my house. (laughs) So one of the things that, uh, you know, when, when we first started looking over the PE activities and things to do, the things that, uh, my kids found really engaging about your challenges is it was, it wasn't just necessarily a, uh, you know, run in place, do a jumping jack kind of thing, but they're really interactive. They force the kids to build something, get up, move, put some tape on the back of a spatula, figure out how we're going to build like a, 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 you know, a baton, a paddle kind of thing. So where did those ideas come from for you? Because they're pretty, I, I couldn't think of those. <laughs> um, well, kind of the way my brain works is I'll, I'll look at something and think about how I can use this. Um, as far as the activities, m- many of my activities come from open phys ed. Um, I'm sure we'll talk about that a little bit later. but. Um, I'm the type of person, if I see something, I'm going to think about how many ways I can use this item or what can we do with this? And my whole my whole goal was to not necessarily getting kids to follow an exercise workout because I'm if they're like me, I'm going to watch maybe one minute of a video. And if it doesn't catch my attention, I'm going to click off. So I wanted something that's going to grab their attention quick and then provide them with the challenge, as well as think about, okay, well, why am I doing this? And also make them think about what other household items could I use to stay physically active during this time while I'm at home. Okay. That's, that's, yeah, that's really cool. Cause I think the first uh, two or three days that I, you know, that we were doing work, work from home, e-learning, keep the kids busy, you know, early on, my wife and I kind of broke up the activities. She gets the she gets the the math reading, you know, basic core curriculum. I got art, PE, and music uh, areas where Jack will tell you neither of which are my expertise. None of which. Oh, I was going to say between the between you and your wife, that's probably the right split, though. Yeah, I mean it is, but I'm still not good at them. Um, but uh, so for PE, the first couple of days, I mean, like the first thing I did was cleaned out the garage and made the kids run the pacer drill back and forth in the garage with the beep and you hit one wall and you go back to the other. That got real old in about a day. <laughs> so, 
<laughs> so I'm, I'm, I, uh, so that's when we started looking through the challenges. So, uh, you know, it's, they're, they're really cool interactive way to get the kids moving. Uh, how is this different from what you would do if you had a classroom with, with your students with you, as opposed to having to do this over YouTube or the computer? Um, it's very different. I actually really miss being in front of my kids. Um, just seeing them interact with each other and them seeing them smile when they're doing activities. Um, I just miss that interaction. Um, it's, it's much different when you're looking into a cell phone and doing it. Sure, sure. You got about 20 to 25 little people looking at you, waiting for you to give them instruction. So I really miss it. Um, yeah. I also try to keep it, I just want to keep it engaging, you know. Mm -hmm. I know, you know, for most kids, many kids, I want them with these challenges to have fun while doing it. And also, you know, I want this experience to be positive, you know. Um, and a lot of times that's what gets people to enjoy activity and be physically literate, you know, if they enjoy it, then they're more than likely to do it again. Yeah. So let's sort of take a step back here. Um, what sort of led you into, into education? Cause I think you're kind of, you're the first in a lot of ways on the show. I think you're the first remote interview we're all doing over zoom from our houses. So you have mm -hmm. that honor. You're the first uh, educator we've had on the show. And I think you are also the first uh, guest that we've had on the show. That's not in Illinois. I'm a, no, that's not right. Is that right, Jack? I think I don't know. That is it right. might be. So, yeah. you, so you're kind of checking a lot of firsts for us. So tell us a little bit about your background, what led you into education and what led you to, to sort of be passionate about, you know, getting moving and, and, and physical exercise. Um, well, in high school, we had to do a senior exit project and I did mine on uh, physical fitness in elementary school students, but I didn't think anything of it. I wanted to be an athletic trainer or either go to the NBA. Okay. So when I got to college, I mean, of course, the NBA didn't work out. So I went to college <laughs> to be an athletic trainer or, um, but then I ran into biology and I was like, I'm not doing this. So <laughs> I started looking at the other majors and it was like physical education. Boom. And then I thought, you know, I could be a coach. I could, um, physical education just jumped out at me. And I mean, I've pretty much been good with kids all my life. I mean, it's just something that just kind of was like, okay, I'm going to get this to try. And then I just fell in love with it. So. Was there a specific day or, or moment that, uh, that made you fall in love with it? Or was it just something that grew over time? Mm, it was fun to me. You know, uh, yeah. I started to think, you know, if I'm going to do something, I want to do something that I love and that I can see myself doing for a long time. Mm -hmm. uh, as you guys probably know, teachers don't get paid a lot. So yeah. I'm definitely not in it for the money. Sure. Um, it it, it kind of just became fun to me. And then I just like seeing people smile. I'm a pretty positive person. So any way that I can brighten up somebody's day, I'm all for it. But it, it's really fun to me. I enjoy doing it. What, um, what, what, I know when you were in high school, you, you, you sort of did your exit project on elementary, elementary students. Is that the, is that the students you work with now? What, what type of, what grades do you usually work with? I work with K through five. Okay. Okay. Kindergarten being my favorite. Okay. <laughs> why? Let me ask you why. What's uh, what, what, what do kindergartners bring? That's a lot that, that makes that so much fun uh, for you. 
they're like a sponge. They want okay. more, and you can get them to do anything that you want them to do, as long as you're enthusiastic about it. So I can I can go to work and get to kindergarten, get into that ten, kindergarten kindergarten spot during the day, and I can be whoever I want to be. If I want to come in dressed up like a banana. They're <laughs> gonna love every minute of it. You, uh, I, I saw, I saw on some of the uh, some of your content on your website that uh, you do tend to incorporate some costumes into what you do. How's that work? How do you how do you get that? <laughs> <laughs> Whatever I can find. Um, like I say, they they love it. The excitement. If they if I'm dressed up, it's like they they're ready to go. They're ready to rock and roll with it. So anything that I can do use to keep their attention. Because um, unlike classroom teachers, I have a large space. And kindergartners in a large space, they're just like. (laughs) (laughs) I can tell you. They're more likely to look at me. Okay. All everywhere else. Yeah, I can. uh, My my garage doesn't feel my garage doesn't feel big. But (laughs) when I put the three year old and the six year old in there right now to try to get something done, it gets big real fast because they're getting into every possible Mm -hmm. thing. So I I, I get it. Um, What are uh, what are some of the things that you do with your students that, you know, uh, are a little different from how maybe I remember P.E. or or Jack remembers P.E. when we were in elementary school? Um, Well, I disguise a lot of academics into my teaching so um we're real big Um, now test scores are a real big thing um so i find creative ways to incorporate the things that they're learning in the classroom into what i'm teaching in pe which is also good because you know your brain learns best when you're moving so so um you 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 kind of you, you fell into it in college. You you felt like it it was a good fit for working with kids and what you wanted to do. What was your next step from there? Where to where did you start? Um, well, I got my first job the summer of my first year. My when I graduated, about two weeks before school started, I got my first job. Okay, and I was rock and rolling from then on. Okay, it, it was a shock at first. Um, it was nothing like. I thought it was going to be okay. Had to adjust real quick. Mm-hmm. What um, what were some of those differences from what your expectations were, and what it was really like when you got there? Um, I thought it was going to be a piece of cake. <laughs> <laughs> I learned very quickly that you know, it, people think that teaching PE is rolling out the balls and you know just fun, fun. When you're trying to make it meaningful and. Uh, teach kids the skills that they need to be active for the rest of their lives. Just getting them to understand that this is important and getting others to understand that this is important was a challenge at first. Sure. So I had to figure out, you know, how, how am I going to make this work? Especially with one of the, um, I'm at two schools. So um, when I first started out, I was at two different schools. Okay. Um, and the area that I was teaching in, you know, it was, very um, low income area. Okay. So I was already, it was challenges that I didn't think was going to be there already. Um, what kind of challenges had, did you have to deal you know, with? You know, a lot of kids not having the resources or, you know, never been exposed to certain things, mm-hmm. um, behaviors. You know, mm-hmm. you got kids that don't have a place to stay. 
So it was very, it was an eye-opening experience. And I just had to figure out, you know, how am I going to make this work so that my days are as smooth as possible so that I'm making a difference and Mm -hmm. so that, you know, no one's getting hurt. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) What, um, what, what sort of things did you, uh, did you learn early on that were effective that you're still using today? Um, I had to be, I had to find out what grasped their attention. Okay. And one thing that I found out was the type of music that I used. You know, I had to find music that was going to make them move, that was going to bring energy to my classroom. Um, another thing I had to figure out was um, call and response, how to keep their attention, how to make them calm down when I'm ready to talk, how to get them to understand that you have to listen. You can't just be talking while I'm talking because sure. kids love to talk when you talk, especially in PE. So <laughs> just getting them to understand that there's certain rules to expect expectations that I have for you. And, you know, in order for this thing to work, in order for us to have as much fun and you to learn as much as you can, you have to first follow those rules and expectations. So at the beginning of the year, it's a lot of drilling, a lot of redoing, a lot of teaching expectations because that that really makes the year go by. So what what your what sort of forms the foundation of this this you, you mentioned I pretty offhand but I is striking a chord with me that this concept of physical literacy mm-hmm. um, and it sounds like you know I, I think of gym class and I think probably to your point I had good PE teachers when I was a kid and they were probably sneaking in you know the learning while we were in phys ed but uh, I, I really enjoyed that that concept of physical literacy it's not just go and let them run wild it's a structure to it, right? Mm-hmm. So my, my goal is for um, me to teach you the skills so that when you leave my class, you know, you might be going to stay Sonic and a game of beach volleyball breaks out where well, you got the skills in order to be successful mm-hmm. in that activity um, or that you can go home and find something that you like to do so that you can stay active and take care of yourself. So one of the things that, that, that you just brought up that I think has been a real eye opener for me and I bet has, will be a lot of, or has been an eye opener for a lot of our listeners is that I think, you know, keeping, keeping my kids active on the weekend is a little different, right? We can go outside, we can kick the soccer ball around. We can, we, you know, we play a lot of basketball. We play a lot of soccer. It's a lot of just tag back and forth. It's a lot of movement, but there isn't really a component of it. That's about, you know, instilling it, making it learning, having that same kind of structure. And what I found when I was trying to do this every day is that that structure has got to be in place first, right? Like that's kind of got to be the first thing in place or this isn't going to work. So talk a little bit about, uh, you know, how you, how you learned, how you learned how to put that structure in place and, and, and what are some good tools that are effective for you to do that? Um, well, one of the most important things is building relationships. So getting to know your students, um, you know, learning their names, making them feel like they can trust you. Um, I go eat lunch with students a lot. Um, I go to their, I visit them on the weekends at their sports games, just, you know, getting them to understand that I really care about you and that um, I want you to be successful is very important. 
Because if you don't have that trust, then they're not going to listen to you and they're not going to care about what you're trying to get them to, what you're trying to get them to learn. Um, that's probably the most important thing that I've learned is that you got to have those relationships first. Um, after you have those relationships, you know, you want to also set those expectations. And um, another main, another very important thing is, you know, getting them to understand why we're doing this. So I have a part of my classroom where we start off with um, the what, why, and how. So what are we going to learn today? Why are we going to learn this? And how am I going to know that you've learned this? And that also helps them see the importance of what we're doing in class. So um, those are two very important things that I've learned that have helped my teaching and set those expectations into place. What, um, so you, 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 you've got a lot of pretty cool uh, activities that you use online for the kids. Were these, uh, were these similar to things you were doing in the, uh, in the classroom? Are these sort of based on a lot of classroom activities that you know work, or are you just sort of figuring these out as you go? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so what I'll do is I'll think of, okay, what, what activity works well in the classroom or what, and how can I adapt this for someone who may have a lot of space or who may not have a lot of space or what can I do? that they can, that they may have the equipment to. So I think about, you know, what does everybody have at their house? What activities can they do in their house? And how can we adapt activities that we do? So a lot of things, um, a lot of these activities may be relay races. Um, I changed up the running part to maybe adding a jumping jack and then doing the activity. So like the water bottle relay or the water bottle challenge that I did, you know, you do your jumping jacks first, that's your cardio part, and then you flip the bottle. So it's like the jumping jack substitute for running down and back. Okay. You know, just trying to adapt things to what they may have as well as make it engaging. One, uh, one thing that I think you do really well, uh, and I'm curious how you sort of learned this skill is you, you, you're not, your videos are not only really engaging, but they're also built around the challenge component, right? So it's not just, here's me doing the activity, go do the activity. It's here's me doing the activity. Okay. Here's your timer, go do the activity. And you make it interactive in that sense. How did you learn that that was sort of a skill that you needed to have and integrate? Um, well, when I teach, I, I start off with the what, why, how. Um, then I show them how to do it. And then we put that skill into play, sort of like a target activity. So I kind of formulated these videos of, okay, this is what you're going to do. This is how you do it. Now go do that target activity. Okay. And I found that it, you know, it works. <laughs> So it's, it's really utilizing the same structure you were right. using for activities in the classroom. That's right. pretty cool. Now, um, the, the, the school you've been at now, how long have you been there? Um, I've been at Baskerville Elementary for six years. Okay, cool. Um, I've been at Red Oak for five years. Okay. And uh, what, um, you know, what sort of lessons in that five, six year interval do you have, have you learned that have made you more effective as you go? Um, building those relationships, 
uh, smiling, treating people like you want to be treated, and just helping people. And when I first started teaching, I didn't have a lot of help until I got on Twitter, which is one of the main reasons why I try to share everything that are that is um, I'm having success with or that I create because it's my hope that it'll help somebody else who was struggling like I was my first year. Mm-hmm. So that's um, just trying to help people. You, you, you do. Uh, it seems like you do some work with conferences. Uh, do you do a lot of conference work or is that something where you're passionate about sort of spreading the message about what you're doing and how, how it's effective for you? Yeah, I'm very passionate about uh, sharing the work. Um, like I say, I, I want, I want this to be, it's bigger than what I'm doing for my kids. You know, I want kids all around the world to be active and understand the importance of being physically literate, having those skills necessary. Um, so I go to a lot of conferences just to share, you know, share these ideas and help teachers be the best that they can be for their students. Are you, um, you know, and so I, I found you on Twitter. I think I've blown you up a couple times on there with stuff my kids have been doing with your challenges. Um, what talk about how you sort of got involved with that community and, and what you found there and, and what that PE community online is like for you. Um, I started on Twitter. My mom was a, in ed tech. Um, she's an assist, assistant superintendent now at the county that's next door to me. Okay. So um, she was in ed tech, and she was trying to get me to join Twitter for the longest time. Now I joined, but I was like, I don't really know how to use this. It's not working for me. Mm-hmm. That's, so that's I, still how I feel about how I use Twitter, and it's been years. <laughs> And then uh, I went to a conference and I started finding other people and I got connected with some really good educators and it just motivated me to be better. Um, so she tells the story all the time. It's, she gets the credit for me being on Twitter. <laughs> so she, 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 uh, she's the birth of that, uh, of all your Twitter content. That's, that's, uh, she's, does she hold it over you and remind you that all the time? <laughs> no, she, she's, she's very proud of me. Okay. Um, she, she, she's awesome. I hope to be as good as her one day. Is, was she part of your inspiration to get into education? Um, I, I would say, yeah, she, she always pushed me. Um, right now we're like tag team. So we just, we, we bounce ideas off each other. We try to keep each other going, you know, try to make each other, you know, be better. So, uh, one thing that I know, uh, Talk to us a little about uh, a little bit about Open, where I know you're a national trainer. Tell us a little bit about what that is and how you got involved. Um, so, Open is the online physical education network. It's uh, at openphyzed.org. It's a free online curriculum source um, for physical educators and movement educators all around the world. Um, it's a public service of BSN Sports and US Games. And it pretty much, we're, we're dedicated to teachers helping teachers. So we provide resources um, for physical educators and uh, parents and other movement educators so that they can better help students. What, uh, what sort of resources do, does Open provide to teachers and, and what, uh, what's your pathway look there? What do you, what do, you do with Open? 
Um, I got, I, I've only been an open trainer for about a year. Um, I, I, so <laughs> the resources, first the resources that they provide, we provide free lesson plans um, and activities that are standards based. Um, it also has academic language cards, which is pretty much the vocabulary used in physical education, um, along with depth of knowledge questions, questions that make students think. Um, I, like I said, I've been involved with Open for about a year now. Um, we're, we're like one big family. Uh, we push each other and we try to make the physical education world a better place. We got National Field Day coming up. That's going to be really fun. Okay, what's that going to what, what's National Field Day look like for you guys? So, we have about 20 um field day cards. It's going to be like fit, virtual field day, field day at home. Mm-hmm. So, you'll be we'll send the information out to parents or the physical education teachers will send the information out to parents and they'll participate in field day. They can re- receive certificates um kind of like a a field day that won't be happening this year for everyone across the world. Sure. And actually we should mention uh, national field day is May 8th. And this, this episode ought to come out the week of, so if you're listening to this, when it comes out, participate on, on Friday. (laughs) Yeah. Well, this will, this will come on, come out on what the fourth on Tuesday. Uh, Fifth. Fifth. Okay. Yeah. So we'll have a little bit of lead time (laughs) before uh, national field day. To be prepared. Okay. Uh, Mike, um, one of the things that I think you, you, you touched on and now uh, is, is abundantly clear to me is I think as a working parent, uh, you know, I always thought about my kid's education, but I didn't think about it the way I think about it now having to, to be a more active part in it, right? So, I, you know, for me, my kid's education is I drop them off at school. I ask how things go when I pick them up. We talk about what they did. I look at some, I look at some assignments and I talk to their teachers a couple times a year. But now what I'm seeing is like the day to day that goes into childhood education, especially early childhood education, you know, first grade, kindergarten, that age is, man, there's a lot more depth to it than I ever gave credit for. So, (laughs) so for me, at least it's, it's been a really big learning experience of not only learning how my kids learn, but how I can facilitate that better. Do you have any tips for parents who are at home sort of learning these lessons on the fly like we all are from an expert like you on this subject? Um, try your best. <laughs> Don't get frustrated. Um, that's my tips. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, I would say, I think one thing that I hope we all learn coming out of this is, you know, when, when life returns to normal and we're all back, back uh, at school and at our jobs is, man, we got to pay teachers more because this is crazy for how much work you guys do. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Um, Like what, um, what are some of the cool things that, uh, you know, you plan on doing when you get back to normal, when, when we get out of our houses, when we're back at school, I don't know, have they, uh, do you guys plan? I don't know if uh, North Carolina is still planning to to have in uh, in person school the rest of the year here in Illinois. Our kids aren't getting back likely till the fall now. Yeah. So what um, do you guys are you guys going to be able to get back at all this year? You think or um, I haven't heard yet. Right now we're out till May eight May eighth. Okay, um, I think school is closed till May fifteenth, but school was over at on May twenty third. 
Oh, so you get, <laughs> either way, it's a pretty short window there. We're talking about if we did go back for that week, we just can spend time with the kids. So okay. What uh what kind of things did what kind of cool things did you have planned that you didn't get to do that you're saving for the fall now, I guess? Um well we, we didn't get to gymnastics this year. I was planning something cool for gymnastics. Um mini golf. Uh, we're gonna do uh, a bunch of outside stuff. Of course, we're missing field day, but hopefully virtual field day makes up for us missing field day. Um, and we, we I, I, I just really miss my kids. <laughs> you know, um, I, I had a conversation with, with one of my, one of my team members today where it was just like, you know, it's not that I miss, it's not that I miss, you know, everything about day-to-day work. What I really miss is just being around the people that I'm used to spending time with. I think that's a hard transition for, for, it's interesting to hear you say that too, because I bet you're getting it from, you miss being around colleagues and now you're missing being around your students as well, which is, uh, you know, that's tough. Mike, let me, let me sort of pose a big question to you here. So, you know, when you teach your, your, your primary people you're working with are your students, but you've also got to do professional development. You're also working with your, your colleagues. How do you sort of balance that as an educator? What, uh, tell me a little bit about that. Cause this is, like I said, education is an area where I'm learning something new every day <laughs> right now. Um, it's, it's, it's a task sometimes, especially when you got a lot going on. Um, I always try to keep my kids first, but I also try to, you know, make sure that, I stay on top of, you know, making sure that I got all the resources that I need to complete the professional development, making sure that I'm prepared. You know, um, you never want to walk into a professional development unprepared because in a sense, teachers are kind of like students and <laughs> really, in a, in a, they're really like students. You know, you have to grasp their attention um, you also have, it's a lot that you have to take into account for professional development, especially physical education, professional development, because, you know, you may have teachers who are not as physically active as your students. So, you know, you got to think about the flow of your activity, you know, how long you're going to talk, um, making sure you're engaging, um, you know, kind of gauging if teachers are familiar with what you are um, teaching them about. So it's, it's really a, it's a task preparing. Um, and it's, it's almost like, it's almost like playing chess when you're providing the professional development. Cause oh. so many things that you have to take into account. Um, a professional development can go, it can take that fork in the road very quick especially a physical education professional development. Um, I haven't really had that one that's went pew, <laughs> yet. but you know, I've, I've had some that I had to, you know, I had to pick it up and mm-hmm. each one is a learning experience because, what? you know, teachers are, <laughs> we, we do the things that we don't want students to do. And I can say that um, someone who's been in professional developments and someone who, yeah, someone who's been in professional development, you know, like our cell phones are second nature to us. You know, we don't want students to be on our cell, on their cell phones while we're teaching, but we can be in a professional development texting away. 
Mm-hmm. You know, you really, it's, it's a lot to think about. What, um, what are, you, you've never had that one that's totally gone down on you, but what, uh, what are some of the challenges you faced and how do you solve those in some of the professional development work you've done? Um, well, just like when teaching students, um, you know, you got some teachers that want to talk while you're trying to explain, you know, what you're, what you're um, providing the professional development on. So, you know, I found that, you know, setting those expectations, um, giving them a, what are we going to do today? How are we going to learn? And giving, helping them understand, you know, what we're going to accomplish today helps. Um, providing breaks really helps. Um, and, you know, just closing out strong, getting feedback. That, that, that helps because, you know, you, you always want to take away and understand how you can get better from a professional development. So having that time to reflect and, you know, question your participants is, is speed. What, uh, so, so I do some adult education in terms of training and dev when I work with my teams, you know, I've learned a lot of things about how you sort of, in terms of presentations, how you can keep people engaged. You know, we've talked about a lot of the similarities between how adults and how, how, how kids learn. What are some of the main differences you've noticed about how those two groups sort of absorb and learn? learn? Um, <laughs> differences, I see. Kids are, kids are easier to bring back when they go astray. Um, when you lose, in the, when you lose, a group of adults, you you have to work extra hard to bring them back. Mm. <laughs> uh, that's that's the main difference. Um, sometimes kids take better to some of the stuff that you do, so you also got to take into account of the age group, um, of course, and just they adults. Adults ask a lot of questions. <laughs> Sometimes kids don't ask as many questions as adults. Okay. They're ready to, kids are ready to get into it. Yeah. Th- those will be the three main differences I see. Okay. Adults ask a lot of questions. Um, kids are easier to bring back. Mm. <laughs> Can I ask what might be a silly question, but we, we were talking about, it's been bugging me since you said it. Um, you know, finding uses for different things that everyone, almost everyone or everyone should have in their home. What's, what's the, if there is one thing, what's something you think almost everyone has in their home that is a versatile PE tool? A sock in a basket. Really? (laughs) You can make a sock ball. Yeah. And you can do so many things with a ball, a basket, um, a pillow maybe. Yeah. Oh yeah, cool. pillow flippers huge in our house. They love that one. <laughs> and I think pillow can be used as a hula hoop, a scooter board. You can use a pillow in many different ways. You can use it as a, a, a racket, a stick, you know. See, stripe. I think this is one difference that I would spot between kids and adults generally is adults don't have the imagination to come up with ideas for how are we going to use this pillow to be active, right? Or I don't, I don't have that imagination. That's a question I ask my students a lot because, um, you know, I want to, I want to pick their brain because I know their brain works different. So Mm -hmm. I always ask them, you know, how we, how can we do this different? 
or what can we use or how can we make this better? Yeah. That's where a lot of my activities stem from. Um, things that a kid has came up with or done. Yeah. That's, that's really, it's really funny to me that you said that because, uh, you know, when, when we do some of your challenges, sometimes when they're done, my three-year-old, my three-year-old more than my six-year-old would be like, okay, now let's try it, but let's add this thing to it. And he'll like throw something else in the mix. So like one time when we were doing, uh, yeah, it was Frisbee toss. We were doing with the paper plates in the basket. He's like, okay, now let's do the pillow flipper in there. So we flip the pillow, throw the Frisbee, do the whole thing. And he's combining activities. So I think that's oh. really, it's really cool that you say that. <laughs> Yeah, he is awesome, man. <laughs> I my brain just does not work that way. So. That's a good one. pillow flip or frisbee. <laughs> that, one. <laughs> that, that yeah, that one's all. Uh, that one's all the three year old. He's all about that one. Um, so, Mike, a couple more questions for you here before we let you go. Uh, when you are when you're when you're teaching online and when you're teaching. Uh, you know, doing some of the trainer work that you're doing with open, what are kind of the big things that stick out to you is these are things that I know I need to do every time to make sure people are engaged. Um, Tell them, give them a a layout of what's going to happen. I'm providing those instructions of what we're going to do first. That's very big online because you want, you know, if you're providing a video, you want to let people know, what they have to do before you just say, do this. And that's a big thing when you're providing professional development because, you know, you you start off letting them know this is what we're going to do and then trying to set those expectations of what you need them to do. But with professional development and online, after you provide those instructions, um, getting people to do it is the hard part. So... When you provide those instructions, you're telling people, okay, come on, let's try this. You can have, you can sometimes have in a professional development, maybe you might have a room full of 100 teachers. You could have anywhere from six to 10, only six to 10 teachers come out. So I think that, you know, the way you explain what you need for them to do, how it's written or how it's said is very important. giving them that option of if they're going to decide if they want to do, you know, um, like I said, that's, that's, if you get them out and trying it, that's a win. Same thing on online. If you can get them to try it, it's a win because you never know if you're going to like something or if you can use it with your students, professional development, unless you try it. Um, and when I do a lot of my sessions, you know, I, the way I get people out is I tell them, you know, the resources are here. I want you to come experience this activity so that you can see if your students will enjoy doing this activity. Mike, one more thing before we let you go here, because I know we're kind of running up on the hour. Um, one of the things we when, when uh, we asked you this when we were sort of getting to know you a little bit in the beginning, uh, what do you find professionally to be a giant waste of your time and what do you find professionally to be a good use of your time? <laughs> <laughs> um, if, if, if it engages me, it, it, it might more than likely be a good use of my time if I'm engaged with it. Um, if it has no meaning at all, 
it's probably a waste of my time. It's like, that's my, that's my favorite answer. Anyone's ever given on the show. We ask every guest that question. That might be my favorite answer. One of the, one of the things that I hate is, um, I'm sure you guys have meetings. Mm-hmm. Well, as physical education teachers, we are required to go to staff meetings, you know, and, you know, we all understand that it's a meeting that we have to attend. But one thing that I really dislike is, you know, going to a meeting that has nothing to do with me, mm-hmm. doesn't pertain to me and having to sit through that meeting. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I completely agree. That's one of those things that drives me crazy. Um well, Mike, I think we'll probably wrap up here on this. This has been a really interesting and good conversation. We're really glad you you chose to join us. Uh, we let, <laughs> sorry, my my no, you got it. You can hop in, buddy. My six year old is saying hi one last time. Um, <laughs> uh, Mike, tell us, tell our listeners where they can find your content, uh, where they can find you, and and uh, anything you want to plug that you have upcoming that that you think our listeners might want to know about. Um. You can find me on uh, Twitter at Mike Morris PE. You can find my content on www.mikemorrispe.com. I'm also on YouTube. Um, if you type in Mike Morris, but my channel is Mike Morris PE. Cool. Um, and we'll, we'll also have links to all that in the show notes. If uh, folks want to just be able to find it quickly. Um, cool. Uh, so thanks Mike so much for, uh, for joining us today and thank you to our audience for listening. Uh, as always, you can follow the show at wish I'd known pod, uh, on Instagram. And if you want to email us any comments, questions, or future topics, you can do us so by sending an email to wish I'd known pod at gmail.com. And if you enjoy the show, please rate and review it on iTunes or share it with your friends by word of mouth online or online. And we will talk to you again soon. Thanks Mike. Thanks guys. We'll be right back.